Great praise to the Lord right now. Would you lift your voices to the Lord? Would you shout aloud and praise Him? Let's fill this house with a shout of triumph. Praise the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Praise the name of the Lord Jesus. Praise the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Are you glad you came to PSR Convention 2000? Are you really glad you came to PSR Convention 2000? Well, I want you to greet some people right now and tell them, I'm so glad I'm here. Express it to them in such a way you would convince them. I'm so glad I'm here. I'm so glad I came. Amen. Praise the Lord. I'm glad I'm here. Praise God. My, what a visitation of the Holy Ghost we've already experienced. What powerful, powerful outpouring of the Holy Ghost in each service. And it is as though God has opened our minds and understanding to things in His Word and in His Spirit that are so vital and necessary for us to carry on His work and accomplish His will in the earth. I'm just glad that I have been here and heard what I've heard, felt what I have felt, experienced what I have experienced. I'm rejoicing to be in the house of the Lord on this night. Amen. Praise God. Uh, you may be seated. I'm going to take just a few moments here before I preach and, and um, recognize some people. Uh, I want to say, first of all, that it is a great joy to me to come and see all of you again. Some of you uh, members of various churches that I've had the privilege to preach in from time to time in my life and ministry. It's good to see all of the great, wonderful saints of God here. Some of you we've seen year to year and year after year and you're faithful and stalwart and love God and love truth. Conventions like this would not be if it were not for great saints of God like you. Amen. And uh, it's good to see all of you here. It's certainly good to see all of the ministering brethren that have come to PSR Convention. It does not seem that we have the opportunity to spend as much time together as maybe we would like or as would be good. But it is wonderful when we can come together in a meeting like this again and worship and pray and love God together and share the word of the Lord uh, it is it is a blessing to be a part of a great brotherhood like we are a part of and I wish all of the preachers would say amen, amen. praise the Lord and then I want to say on a little more personal level that I appreciate all of the pastoral staff and church staff from Revival Center uh, I am a little bit overwhelmed when I look around and see the numbers of people here from Revival Center and especially uh, the the, the uh, church family that has come and uh, are here tonight. It amazes me. You, you hear me preach all of the time. It looks like you would get weary and this would be the night you would take off. 
but you have driven some of you who could not come through the week and you're here thank you for that expression of love and support I can't tell you how meaningful it is to me amen amen and my heart was blessed again tonight when recognition was given and time was made for Elder Price to come and greet us I want to honor him tonight amen I want to honor him For the price has been the closest thing that I have had to a pastor for many years now. Some of you are blessed to have living pastors and pastors that have worked close with you throughout your life. But this has been the man that I have looked to for spiritual leadership and direction. And thank God that he put him in my life and in all of our lives. Thank God for Brother Price. Amen. I was listening to Brother Joel Booker talk about the blessings of the Lord tonight, as he did. I thought I surely am the most blessed man on the face of the earth. God has been so good to me. And if I were to enumerate all of the blessings that God has put into my life, the blessings that I would put at the top of the list are the fact that my whole family lives for God. <laughs> my mom and dad live for God. My immediate family lives for God. And I cannot tell you how valuable that is. My father is unable to be here tonight. But I can tell you one thing. If it were possible at all, he would be in the big middle of what's going on here tonight. You wouldn't be out worshiping Isaac Keys tonight. You wouldn't be loving the preaching any more than he loved it. If he could, he would be here tonight. But I, I'm so glad that my mother is here. She waits on him daily, takes care of him, nurses him. Mother, would you stand? Where are you? Uh, thank you, Mom, for more than I can say tonight. I only have one sibling, one brother, no sisters, and my, my brother is here tonight, Brother Rick Keyes. He's one of the finest Christian men that have ever walked on the face of this earth. He's a great preacher on top of that. A tremendous pastor. Thank God for my brother. And then I have one child, Sister Kimberly Johnson, and she's here tonight, and she's Holy Ghost filled and working for the Lord and she found one of the finest young men I'm telling you I ran a few off but when she brought this one by I let him stay and uh, you better thank me for amen brother Todd Johnson amen praise God I said all of that so I could say something about my grandkids but I couldn't get to them without going through all of these others and I really want to show them to you tonight, but if I do, all of you grandparents are going to ask for equal time. And we couldn't get any further in this service, but Megan and Michaela Johnson, amen. They're here tonight, and they're a blessing from the Lord. And then my good wife. I want my wife to stand. I, this is my time. 
tonight. I want my wife to stand. Amen. I love you, honey. Only a few of my closest friends know what an asset she has been to our church and my life. Amen. It's a great lady. This has been a momentous year for Sister Keys and I. Number one, we have been married this year 30 years. Secondly, we have completed and are completing our 20th year in Modesto, California with Revival Center United Pentecostal Church. And the last thing about this year, uh, you'll have to listen closely because you'll think that you misunderstood me, but it is true, I did turn 50 years old in this same year. I know... I understand your look of amusement. I, I, I can tell that you, you're you leaning over to the person next to you to say, did he say 50? Would you stand with me, please? Do you feel God in this place? Do you recognize the presence of God in this house tonight? My, 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 I wish I could open my heart and let you see the faith I feel about this service tonight. Not because I'm preaching, but because there is a powerful presence of the Holy Ghost in this house. And the atmosphere has been set. And faith is high. And God is ready. There is no telling what God is going to do in this place. In just the next little while, I believe miracles will happen in this house. I didn't say that just to fill in space. I said that from conviction in my spirit. I believe miracles are about to happen in this house. Cancers heal. Diseases will leave. Chains will be broken. Liberty will come. Deliverances. Yes. Somebody say yes. Somebody say yes. Somebody shout amen. Let's lift our hands and give praise unto the Lord right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. I would not want to fail to mention how deeply I appreciate the friendship that has been developed, I believe, by God between myself and the fellow members of the PSR committee. These are men of God whom the longer you know, the more you respect them. Men of prayer and men who love truth. I love you, Brother Morton. I love you, Brother Wilson. I love you, Brother Booker. Thank God he put you into my life. And I'm glad to have had the opportunity in 18 years to work together with these men in the vineyard of the Lord. Praise God. If you can find it tonight, I want you to turn to a passage of Scripture in Acts chapter number 2. Somebody ought to be shouting already. 
Because somebody here tonight ought to be perceptive enough to understand that every evening speaker has chosen their text from either Acts 1, 2, or 3. Amen. Praise the Lord. Acts chapter number 2, verses 1 through 4. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord and in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it set upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. (laughs) And I choose tonight as our key verse, verse number four, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. See, that's the reason I'm going to preach about this tonight. That doesn't excite you like it ought to. It doesn't thrill you Pentecostals anymore like it should. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Now I desperately need God to visit us with a spirit of understanding and enlightenment tonight. If that doesn't happen, most of us are going to leave this service tonight thinking that message was far too simplistic for a closing night of such a great convention. You're going to think Brother Keyes must have run out of fascinating text. Unless the spirit of enlightenment visits us. And God will help me to communicate with you the understanding I think he wants us to have about this precious gift of the Holy Ghost. I want to preach to you tonight about the greatest miracle. The greatest miracle. Let's lift our hands and pray that a spirit of understanding, enlightenment comes into this place, touches our minds, our spirits, and our hearts. I pray, oh God, that revelation would fill this house. I pray that you would shine light into our hearts. I pray that you will help us to know as we have never known before how blessed we are, how wonderful it is 
how marvelous God it is to be Holy Ghost filled. I pray, Jesus, that you'll do a mighty work, transform lives tonight. I pray against all doubt. I pray against all fear. I pray against spirits of negativism. I pray against every hindrance. I bind in the name of Jesus every human and, and demonic spirit that would hinder the flow and the working of the Holy Ghost in this place. In Jesus' name, by the authority of the name of Jesus Christ, I do pray tonight in Jesus' name. Everybody invoke the name of Jesus with me. Let's invoke the name of Jesus. Let's do it again. Let's do it again. Let's do it again. Amen. Clap your hands and give the Lord praise. Hallelujah, Jesus. Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Blessed be the name of the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. You may be seated. I am so glad tonight that we serve a God of miracles. You and I are in constant bondage. We are held in the bondage of the laws of nature. There are some things we cannot do because we are natural beings and we live within the confines of the laws of nature. But I tell you gladly tonight that our God is a supernatural God. The laws of nature do not bind Him. The laws of nature do not hinder Him. The laws of nature do not restrict Him. The laws of nature do not hold Him back. The laws of nature do not hold Him down. But our God is a miracle-working God. He is a supernatural God. <laughs> and I think somebody ought to give praise because He is a miracle worker tonight. I think I'm preaching to people tonight who should know something about His miracle working power. You have been healed when you were sick. Your children have been healed when they were sick. You have seen Him intervene in your life when no one else could help you and there was nowhere else to turn. There was no other solution but this good God, this great God, this mighty God, this miracle working God stepped into your life and brought the situation under control. I say tonight we serve a miracle working God. The Bible bears out. The Bible bears out the fact He is a supernatural God. He is a miracle-working God. To think that this God could take nothing and by the power of His will and His Word, He could cause everything that is to be. I don't understand that. But I can only stand back and say He is a miracle-working God. 
I don't understand how he could cause conception in Sarah as he did. But all I can say is it's another testimony of the fact that he is a miracle working God. Hallelujah. Yes, sir, this God I'm talking about brought the plagues upon the land of Egypt. He rolled back the waters of the Red Sea. He brought water out of the rock. He caused the manna to fall from the heavens. He's a God that made a way in the wilderness when there seemed to be no way. He's a God who brought the quail on the wings of the wind. He's the God who was the inspiration of the prophets. This God I preach to you about tonight is the God who came to this world in flesh and He turned water into wine and he opened blinded eyes and he unstopped the deaf ears he caused the lame to walk he spoke to the winds and the waves peace be still he's the God who walked on the water and fed the multitudes I tell you this Bible testifies of the fact tonight that the God we worship in this place the God to whom we sing the God we praise tonight is a miracle working God <laughs> hallelujah hallelujah amen and if I gave everybody or anybody in this place tonight a chance to come to this pulpit and give us evidence of the fact or testimony of the fact that he is a miracle working God I would imagine that almost everybody in this house would be ready to step up to the front of this congregation and give testimony to the fact that he is a miracle worker yes he is yes he is Yes, he is. But it so happens tonight that I am here. And so, out of my own personal experience, let me share with you just one thing that established and reestablished the fact that he is a supernatural God in my own mind and heart. I remember so clearly when I went to the country of Ethiopia and they allowed me to minister one afternoon in the crusade and brother King on this platform has been there he understands the climate and the atmosphere it's unlike anything probably that most of you have ever experienced in your life but they said if you can feel the direction of the Lord we would like for you to preach on faith and give people an opportunity to receive divine healing. And I did. I preached a very simple faith message. And then we invited people to believe God to receive healing. There were so many people there. It was impossible for the ministers to pray with many. But somehow one old gentleman got close to the platform that day. I couldn't understand what he was saying to me, but it was obvious to me what his need was. 
I looked down into his eyes and they were clouded over. His pupils were completely covered with cataracts like I had never seen before. It was milky and clouded. And, And there was a wonderful and powerful feeling of faith in that vast congregation. I simply reached over because he was close and laid my hands on him. And immediately when I began to pray, it looked like somebody took a pen and they pricked a little place in the middle of his pupil. And there was a pinpoint clear place in the middle of each pupil. I just kept my hand there. I was not screaming. I was simply praying. And as I continued to pray, I watched in amazement as that little clear place and each eye got bigger and bigger and I watched myself until the cloudiness and the milkiness had left his eyes and that old gentleman began to jump up and down and leap and praise God declaring I can see I can see I can see I can see Yes, sir, my friend. I tell you this, God is a miracle worker. You ought to tell that demon of doubt that rolled in here on your shoulder tonight, telling you your situation is hopeless and your plight is beyond help. You ought to tell that demon of doubt to go on somewhere else where he's welcome because he's not welcome around here. We're in an atmosphere where people understand our God is a miracle working God. Yes, he is. There's a thousand demons screaming, no, but I say, yes, he is. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Would you clap your hands and give praise to this great, big, wonderful, mighty God tonight? You may be seated. What a great God He is. And each of you could come and share a testimony probably equal to that one. But are any of these miracles I have mentioned tonight from creation, from the Old Testament, from the New Testament, or any miracle I could mention from my personal life, or one you might bring to this pulpit from your personal experience. Are any of these miracles the greatest? I say tonight with a great big exclamation point, no. No. No miracle of healing. No miracle in the New Testament, in the four Gospels. No miracle in the Old Testament is the greatest of all miracles. I tell this group of Pentecostals tonight, the greatest miracle is the phenomenon I read to you about from Acts chapter number 2 verses 1 through 4. In particular, verse number 4. They were all 
filled with the Holy Ghost. They were filled with the Holy Ghost. There's nothing that compares to it. It outshines them all. Every other miracle pales in comparison to that miracle you experienced on that beautiful night or morning when you made your way into God's house empty and void of the presence of God but oh somewhere somehow you surrendered to his presence and he filled you he filled you he filled you with the Holy Ghost there's nothing like it It's the greatest of all experiences. It's the ultimate of all things that can happen to you this side of heaven. It doesn't get any better, bigger, more glorious, uh, more magnificent than that. Than to receive, to be filled, to be baptized with the Holy Ghost. Maybe somebody's thinking, Brother Keys, you're preaching to the choir tonight. You can be seated. We are, we're Pentecostals. No. I don't think you know what you've got. I don't think you understand. Pentecostals, I don't think you even began to have a clue to what you got when you got the Holy Ghost. We know what happened to us when God filled us with Himself. Let me give you some evidence of that. If I were to say tonight at 11 o'clock, right here on this platform, we are going to open the eyes of a blind man. If I were to give you a guarantee of that, Nobody would go home. But if I said at 11 o'clock tonight, a homeless man off the street is going to get the Holy Ghost right here on this platform. Everybody would be gone. Because we really don't believe that this Holy Ghost infilling is the greatest miracle. I don't know. I think possibly I have seen more people get the Holy Ghost than anybody in this room. I think possibly I have seen more people filled with the Holy Ghost. I have seen tens of thousands in 30 minutes time. And they really got it, friend. I said they really got it. I didn't tell you how many, but I know it was tens of thousands. They really got the Holy Ghost in 30 minutes time. I have seen thousands throughout my life in ministry.
But I tell you tonight, there's nothing I'd rather see. There's nothing I'd rather experience. There's nothing I'd rather witness than seeing one more man, one more lady, one more child filled with the Holy Ghost. I sincerely believe it's the greatest of all miracles God ever performs. You may be seated, consider with me for just a moment if you will How great this miracle is Think about how great our God is He's not just a mighty God He is the almighty God He is infinite in wisdom and understanding He fills all space He is everywhere all the time He's never without an answer He's never in a quandary He's never facing a battle that he cannot win I'm telling you, he's a great and a mighty The almighty God He's the Alpha and the Omega The beginning and the ending There never was a place in eternity that it did not exist He made everything that is and everything that shall be We serve a great God tonight Before you could ever understand The miracle of Holy Ghost and feeling You've got to understand a little bit About how great this God is This great big God This great big God has a very special ability He has the ability to present Himself In particular places At particular times Without leaving any other place that he is already. When Jacob woke from his dream and said, surely the Lord was in this place. He did not mean that God had left any other part of his grand and glorious creation to come to there. No, my friend. He meant that there was a special presentation of God in that particular place. God has done that throughout time. He did so with the burning bush. Brother Booker preached to us about the burning bush last night. Amen. The Holy Ghost will do that for you. It'll set you on fire, but it won't consume you. But God came to Moses at the burning bush. There was something so special about that place that God presented himself in. And the manner in which he presented himself. He said to Moses, take off your shoes because now you're standing on holy ground. I'm sure the sand around the bush did not look any different from the sand a few yards away. But there was something different about the sand that Moses was standing on. I heard somebody say they doubted that. I don't know what all the symbolism was and I'm sure there was symbolism. But I believe that there was virtue in the sand. I believe there was anointing in the sand. I believe it was a special place that God had presented himself to a man in a special way. Because God can do that, you see. 
Amen. He did it at the burning bush. He did it for Jacob. He did it when the tabernacle was completed and reared in its place for the first time. The Bible tells us the glory of God filled that tabernacle in such a measure and in such an intensity that the priests could not even go about their way of ministering in the house of God. He didn't leave any place else to come to the tabernacle. He was still in the furthest reaches of the heavens and in the deepest places of the earth. He was still everywhere. He was still omnipresent. But there was a special presentation of God in the tabernacle. Solomon conclude, concluded his prayer of dedication for the temple. After years of building and labor, the tabernacle, the beautiful tabernacle was finished. And it was open for worship for the first time. The Bible tells us that the glory of God filled that tabernacle with such a measure and such an intensity and in such a manner in such a way again the priest could not minister in the temple amen you see it was just another special presentation of God but in the eternal progression of God he not only presented himself at the burning bush to Jacob when he laid his head on the stone and other places not only at the tabernacle in the temple but my friend, all of those pale when you consider the incarnation of the babe in Bethlehem's manger. Yes. Yes. Oh, yes. You see, you're hearing a preacher tonight that believes that that baby was filled with God. You're hearing a preacher that believes that that flesh of Jesus from Nazareth was a tabernacle of the almighty, eternal God. That God had pitched His tent in the body and the flesh of a man. I really do believe that. I said, I really do believe that. I don't believe it was just another baby born in Bethlehem. I don't believe it was just another good boy or another great teacher or another prophet or another rabbi. I believe he was God in the flesh. God presented to man in the flesh. If you're one God man or woman or child would you please clap your hands and shout aloud the special presentations of God did not stop at Bethlehem's manger and it was not the end of the story at his death his resurrection or his ascension but when the day of Pentecost was fully come they were all with one accord and in one place the Holy Ghost see you don't understand what I'm saying I'm saying that God lives on the inside of you I'm saying that the great eternal powerful mighty he's a living on the inside of you tonight 
you, Jesus. God put a part of himself in you. You may be seated. When Brother Cole breaks it down to explain it to people who don't know anything about it there in foreign lands, he says it this way. It's like God reached up and took a handful of himself and put it down on the inside of you. He took a handful of himself some Pentecostal would understand what happened to them when they got the Holy Ghost. I wish you'd get up out of your bed of despair. I wish you'd leave behind your doubts and fears and intimidations. I wish you would rise up to your rightful place in God. Become and do what God intends you to do in the earth because you've been filled with the Holy Ghost. I need to preach a little bit longer, so be seated. I don't want you to leave here ever feeling the same about your Holy Ghost experience. I don't want you to leave here ever feeling the same about being a Pentecostal. Never will you ever feel the same about being a genuine Pentecostal. I don't know what's going on out there. Everybody's worried about what's going on out there. I'm not worried about what they're doing. But I know one thing. I'm preaching to a bunch of Pentecostals tonight. I'm preaching to people that talked in tongues when the Holy Ghost came. I'm preaching to people that can take you to the place and they can tell you the time. I'm preaching to people that are Holy Ghost filled and they know they're Holy Ghost. I'm preaching to genuine 100% apostolic Holy Ghost people tonight. I don't want you to ever feel the same about your Holy Ghost experience after tonight. Praise God. Amen. You may be seated. To be one of the cornerstones of our faith. To be one of the cornerstones of our faith. We have a very limited theology about the Holy Ghost baptism and consequently we have very limited revelation and understanding about the Holy Ghost in Philly we have very limited theology let me tell you what our theology is it exists in about three points number one point that we preach about the Holy Ghost in Philly is that you've got to have it. And that's right. I said, that's absolutely right. You're not going in any rapture 
that Jesus is bringing about if you're not Holy Ghost fit. You gotta have it. Who could think they could live for God without it? Israel couldn't obey the law. Why do we think we could obey the law of God? The only way you're ever going to obey the law of God is when you get Holy Ghost filled, it gets written on your heart. That means you get the want to. That means you want to do right. You want to live right. You want to be right. Because you have the Holy Ghost. We've been forced, you may be seated, we've been forced into a position of defense in our presentation of the Holy Ghost in Philly. Because all of those folks out there who used to call us fanatics and say we were of the devil and created and concocted doctrines to keep us in the background so their people wouldn't come get the Holy Ghost, they said it's of the devil. They said you don't have to get it. Or they said you get it just when you believe or say, I receive the Lord. They created all those doctrines to keep people from coming where we are and receiving the real thing. They tell everybody, you don't have to have the Holy Ghost. And so our response is, you do too. You've got to have the Holy Ghost. You must be born again of the water and of the Spirit. And I believe that, don't you? Well, I tell you how I like to preach the Holy Ghost. Not only do you have to have it to live for God, you can have it. Who wouldn't want this? Who in their right mind wouldn't want to be Holy Ghost filled? Who in their right mind wouldn't want to have the Holy Ghost living on the inside of them? Who wouldn't want God inside them of a day, of a moment, of their living? I'll tell you what, let's quit fussing with them about, you gotta... children. It's for all of those that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. 
It's for everybody in this building tonight. It's for everybody outside this building. It's for everybody in your hometown tonight. It's for everybody on your job where you work in the neighborhood where you live. It's for everybody. But if we had, you may be seated, a book of theology from our apostolic movement about the Holy Ghost, point number one would be you have to have it. I believe that. Point number two would be it feels good. <laughs> it feels good. I said the Holy Ghost feels good. Some of the rest of you must not got it. I'm telling you, nothing feels like the Holy Ghost. I've never drank a bottle of booze, but I can tell you without drinking it, you didn't get from your bottle what I get from the Holy Ghost. I've never smoked a marijuana cigarette, but I don't have to smoke one because it would pale in comparison to the sensations and the thrill and the joy that I get from this Holy Ghost. It's all right, feel it a little bit. It's all right to feel the joy of the Holy Ghost. It feels good. There's nothing in this world that feels like the Holy Ghost. You've never felt anything in sin that feels like the Holy Ghost. You've never felt anything anywhere you went, no matter how much money you spent, that feels like what you're feeling right here in this place tonight. The Holy Ghost feels good. The Holy Ghost feels good. What is it? If joy is not a feeling, what is it? If peace is not emotion, what is it? I'm telling you the feeling and the emotion of this thing, the passion of it, is a big part of it. Don't try to take this joy out of it. Don't diminish the importance of what we're feeling in this house right now. So I believe it feels good. Number one, you may be seated. We preach you got to have it. Number two, we preach it feels good. We get those sinners into church on Sunday night. At least we do this in Modesto. You may do something else. We get them into church on Sunday night. We tell them how good the Holy Ghost is. Somebody said, well, you better tell them up front about all the troubles. They'll find out. You better, better tell them what... How the devil's going to fight them. They'll find out. When I get them in there, I want to tell them about joy unspeakable and full of God. I want to tell them, taste and see that the Lord is good. I want to tell them about peace that passes all understanding. That's what we tell them about. It feels good. Shake somebody's hand and say, the Holy Ghost feels good.
preaching to you yet. Because this is what you believe. I'm going to preach to you what you don't believe. And be seated. Feels good, doesn't it? <laughs> okay, wait, please. I won't say it again. You can be seated. Please be seated. Please be seated. Please be seated. Please be seated. We got this part down. We got this part down. Please be seated. Please be seated. No, I'm serious. You can shout, but I'm going to finish preaching, so this just means we're going to be here a while longer. I want to see if you're doing this when I get to the rest of my mess. Point number three, please be seated. Point number three in our theology is we preach sometimes, we don't always go this far about the Holy Ghost, but we preach it's life changing. I said it'll change your life. It'll take you out of the bar. It'll take you out of the crack house. It'll take you off the streets. It'll give you a sound mind. It'll make you a good citizen. It'll make you love your family. It'll cause you to stop lying and stop your fornicating. It'll change your life. This Holy Ghost experience is life changing. So, that's about what our theology, we Pentecostals, who supposedly specialize on Holy Ghost. It's our cornerstone. It's, with, it's what we are identified with. That's about the extent of our theology. you got to have it. It feels good. And it'll change your life. That's about all we know about it. That's about all we believe about it. But surely, my friend, I say surely, my friend, there's got to be more to it than that. That's all right, and that's all good. But surely, my friend, there's got to be more to it than that. If this is Jesus, 
living on the inside of me. There's got to be more to it than that. And it is Jesus in me. Tell somebody, when I got the Holy Ghost, I got Jesus in me. You got the Spirit of Christ. You got the infilling of the ghost of Jesus. He lives on the inside of you. These are a few scriptural terms. Jesus said he has been with you. But he shall be. I said he's been with you. But he shall be. Paul said it's Christ in you. Amen. And our text tonight said that we were all filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm preaching to you tonight. When you receive the Holy Ghost, the very life and nature of Jesus Christ passed into you. about it friend let Holy Ghost enlightenment touch you let some barriers be removed from your mind consider it in the spirit now if you will when you receive the Holy Ghost the very life and nature of Jesus Christ passed on the inside of you it's like you were a great container that was empty and void of God wandering through life I don't know where that container is some people said it's up here in the mind some people said it's here I don't think it was our fleshly body I don't think the container is our fleshly body necessarily because if it was it wouldn't be fair some of us would get more Holy Ghost than others I don't know where it is in our spiritual creation but there was a part of us that was an empty container but on that night the very nature and presence of Jesus Christ filled that container and he lives tonight on the inside of you Now our theology about the Holy Ghost is you've got to have it. It feels good and it'll change your life. But the theology or the teaching, the doctrine of Jesus and the apostles was different and more comprehensive than ours. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. They taught a whole lot more about this Holy Ghost that's living on the inside of us than what we talk about. Or understand amen when they spoke of the Holy Ghost they talked about it as supernatural empowerment where'd all you feel-good people go
I said they talked about the Holy Ghost as supernatural empowerment. See, I told you, you don't understand what you got when you got the Holy Ghost. You don't even comprehend what this Holy Ghost experience is all about. When He filled you with Himself, He gave you supernatural empowerment. He gave you miraculous enablement. Who are you talking to? Just somebody on the platform? I'm talking to everybody that's ever talked in tongues and you're in this building full of the Holy Ghost tonight. I'm talking to you. You've got supernatural empowerment. You've got miraculous enablement. You've got divine equipment. I said you did. When you got the Holy Ghost, that's what you got. You got more than a tongue-talking time on Sunday night. You got more than Holy Ghost goosebumps in a revival meeting. You got more than the thrill of the joy that we felt pulsate through this building a few minutes ago. You got supernatural power. You got power from God. God came to live on the inside of you. You got divine enablement. And when this bunch of Pentecostals understands what they got when they got the Holy Ghost, they'll turn their world upside down. They'll blaze a trail through their lives. They will become a flaming evangel of truth. You will be mightily used of God to accomplish exploits for the kingdom of God when you understand you have the Holy Ghost and what you have when you got the Holy Ghost. Clap your hands and shout unto the Lord. He said, go to Jerusalem, you may be seated. Go to Jerusalem and tarry there, and you will be endued with power from on high. He didn't say you're going to talk in tongues, but they did, and we all do. But that's not what he predicted. He didn't say this is what you're going to have to change your life. He didn't say you're going to feel good. He said, go to Jerusalem, and when this promise of the Father comes, you're going to be endued with power. From on high. In Acts chapter 1, Luke recorded it this way. He said, when the Holy Ghost comes on you, you shall receive power. He didn't talk about point one, two, or three in our theology. When he talked about the Holy Ghost infilling, he talked about the power you were going to get as a consequence of being filled with the Holy Ghost. said he's able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all we think or ask according to the power that worketh in us 
and is writing to the Corinthians after his famous discourse about the spirit and how it works and how it is superior to the working of the natural mind and how that the natural mind cannot receive the ways of the spirit at the conclusion of that discourse about what the Holy Ghost does in us he made a profound statement at the last of that chapter when he said we have the mind of Christ you study it my friend it means we can think the thoughts of Jesus we can think like I said we got the answers Jesus has we got the solutions that Jesus has it may be latent but it's in you friend you got it may not be using it but it's in you if you talked in tongues if your Holy Ghost feel the mind of Christ is in you somebody clap their hands and shout into the Lord This is just a sampling of what the Bible, I wouldn't have time, not nearly enough time to begin to, to tell you what the Bible teaches us about this Holy Ghost and the work of the Spirit on the inside of us. Amen. Those are just a sampling of scriptures to try to make you hungry to know more about what you got when you got the Holy Ghost. I tell you, His wisdom is resident in you. His power is resident in you. His authority is resident in you. You got more than tongue talking when you got the Holy Ghost. You got the power, the authority, the wisdom of Jesus Christ. It's living the inside of you you may be a nothing and a nobody maybe you're illiterate and came from illiterate parents maybe you never had a dime in your life and never will attend to college maybe your name will never be recognized in the headlines of this world but if you're a Holy Ghost filled child of God you're somebody and you can do something the power of God is living on the inside of you Come on, get up from being intimidated. Get up from being fruitless and unproductive. Get up from your place of not doing anything. And understand, I've got the power of God living in my life. Quit sitting on that pew and dragging into that church. Come on, open your faith up. Let the Spirit begin to flow. He'll talk to you. He'll lead you. He'll guide you. He'll anoint you. He'll enable you. He'll direct you. He'll empower you. He's living on the inside of you. Oh, yeah. I can be a soul winner. Would you say it with me? I can be a soul winner because I have the Holy Ghost. Say, because I have the Holy Ghost. I want you to say it again so every devil can hear it. I can be a soul winner because I have the Holy Ghost. I can impact my world. No, you didn't say it like you believe it. I can impact my world because I have the Holy Ghost. I can 
have revival. I can have revival. I can have revival. Not because of my pedigree, not because of my education, and I'm not against that, but I'm telling you, because, because, because I have the Holy Ghost. Let's say it again. Because I have the Holy Ghost. I can accomplish those things God has put in my heart to do. I said I can. I can. Don't argue with me. Don't, don't try to tell me I can't. I can do those things God has put in my heart to do. Don't try to talk me out of it. Don't try to discourage me. Don't try to dishearten me. Don't try to drag me down. Don't lie to me. I'm telling you I can. Because, because, because I have the Holy Ghost. I wish somebody would shout a little bit now. preach just a little while longer I feel like God's getting us to a point where we're ready to see the miraculous in this building Woo. My God. yes you can young men yes you can yes you can yes you can yes the devil is a liar circumstances are lying to you yes you can yes you can yes you can yes you because you have the Holy Ghost he didn't give you this Holy Ghost just to shout at PSR he put his power in you he gave you his wisdom my God, my God, I'm so angry at negativism. I'm so angry at doubt. I'm so angry at fear. I'm so angry at all of those circumstances that have kept Pentecost unproductive for too long. There's a revelation about to come to us. We've got the Holy Ghost. Look out, world. It's dawn on us. We're Holy Ghost filled. And I tell you, there's no gathering like our apostolic gatherings. There's a higher percentage of Holy Ghost filled people in this room than, than you will find at any other type of gathering in all of this world. The largest so-called Pentecostal denominations in the world tell us now that less than 20% of their membership have the Holy Ghost. God bless those people that call themselves charismatic. I don't think they're very charismatic, some of them. But they don't I, 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 you go together in this size there are a bunch of them most of them probably don't have the Holy Ghost there may be a few of them that are hungry and seeking God that are in that place and I believe God's going to bring them out amen I believe God will reach them but that's his business amen amen there's nobody like this group unless you just got in here the last night or two you're a tongue talker you're Holy Ghost filled nobody on the face of the earth like us there's no there's no place you're going to find so much latent power there's no place in all the world you're going to find so much potential for an earth-shaking revival than you'll find right here in the middle of a house full of holy ghost filled people Why would you want to go off somewhere? Well, they don't have what we have and we don't even know if they, any of them want it. Why leave this? 
this is the highest level of potential for earth-shaking Holy Ghost revival you'll find anywhere in all of the world. I don't know how I got on that. You can be seated. As, as you're seated, tell somebody because I have the Holy Ghost. Because I have the Holy Ghost. Brother Keith, how do you know when to buy property and, and how, what kind of property to buy? And what kind of building to build? I still believe the Holy Ghost gives me that kind of insight. I still believe the Holy Ghost tells us things. I, I don't listen to a voice up here in heaven. It's Holy Ghost intuition that comes right out of the inside of me from that glorious baptism I got over 30 years ago. It's in here. The wisdom to know when to buy. The wisdom to know when to sell. The wisdom to know what preacher to bring and when to bring. And the wisdom to know what to say in a service. The, the answer, the solution for the problem, the circumstance that arises that I don't know what to do and, and how to go about it. It's all in here. I've got a reservoir of the wisdom and the understanding inside me because I have the Holy Ghost. I said because I have the Holy Ghost. Not because I and my flesh am anybody special, but God lives on the inside of me. <laughs> I believe it's because of this supernatural experience it is possible to fulfill the Great Commission. I said, I believe it is possible for us, us one God, holiness believing. Please don't put me in a place nor preach to my people that it's an either or to have holiness or revival. I don't want my people hearing that kind of nonsense. We don't have to make those kind of choices. In fact, I don't know how to have real revival and not have holiness. And we don't have to make that kind of choice. I believe because we have the Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost empowerment. Holy Ghost enablement. Holy Ghost wisdom. That it is possible for we one God, Jesus name, holiness believing people to fulfill the Great Commission. See? I told you you'd lose your shout. I said it's because you got the Holy Ghost. I believe you can do it because you have the Holy Ghost. You have God in you. You have God in you. More than just to make you feel good. And I don't say this in any kind of negative way. Please receive this. I wish in meetings like this we'd hear more preaching about fulfilling the Great Commission. After all, that's our purpose. After all, that's what this is all about. After all, that's why we're here. After all, that was what was on his mind just before his ascension. 
After all, that's what it talked about and reminded us about and caused the gospel writers to write and record again and again. Preach this gospel to every creature. Take this gospel to the whole world. Preach this to everybody. Don't leave anybody out. Make sure everybody gets a chance. Preach it. Preach it. I believe because we're Holy Ghost filled. We are empowered. We are enabled. I do not I do not believe he would commission us to accomplish something we could not accomplish. But I believe when he put the Holy Ghost on the inside of you, he gave you the super supernatural equipment to accomplish the great commission would you clap your hands to the Lord do you feel that little spiritual resistance to what I'm preaching right now, would you be sensitive to recognize that little spiritual resistance to what I'm preaching right now? The devil doesn't want this to register. The devil doesn't want this to get in your heart. Would you be mature enough in God right now to rise up and subdue that spiritual resistance so that the word of the Lord could flow freely and find a place in every man and woman's heart in this building because you have the Holy Ghost we can accomplish this great commission we can do it 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 in our cities. We can do it in our districts. We can do it in our states. We can do it in our country. We can do it in our world. We can do it. Why do you think he gave us the Holy Ghost? See, there's resistance to us even preaching this kind of thing. There's resistance to preaching that this can be done. We create little safety valves in our minds because we're not doing it. Well, people don't really love the truth anymore. People don't really want the whole package anymore. Those are little safety valves for us to feel kind of comfortable because we're not accomplishing the Great Commission. But I tell you, in the name of Jesus, He gave you the Holy Ghost. And He gave you the Holy Ghost to reach your world. He gave you the wisdom, the anointing, and the power to do it. Please don't be satisfied until the job is done. You can be seated if you want. I don't believe we can organize it into existence. I don't believe we can promote it into existence. I don't believe we can accumulate enough wealth to make it happen. I don't believe we can be educated enough to cause it to happen. I believe this is a Holy Ghost thing. Will you say this is a Holy Ghost thing? I said the evangelization of the world, revival in the end time, the fulfilling of the Great Commission, it's a Holy Ghost thing. It's a Holy Ghost thing. Try to dot all the I's and cross all the T's and get all the latest and I like all the latest technology and I, I like to do everything that ought to, but I'm telling you, it's a Holy Ghost thing. It's a Holy Ghost thing. It's a Holy Ghost thing. 
I said it's a Holy Ghost thing. Don't you let your computers substitute your prayer meetings. Don't you let your beautiful buildings substitute the move of God. I'm telling you, this is a Holy Ghost thing. It'll work under a shade tree. It'll work on a street corner. It'll work in somebody's living room. It'll work in the shopping mall parking lot. It's a Holy Ghost thing. This is, it'll work in the grocery store. It'll work on your job. It'll work in the school. It's a Holy Ghost thing. Say, we can do it. Say, we can do it. Because I have the Holy Ghost. Because I have the Holy Ghost. Because I have the Holy Ghost. You can sit down if you'd like. If you're not, God bless you. I'll quit here in a little bit. Amen. I know a lot of you wanted us to just go home on a shout again. Let's shout here in a minute. Unless you're finished shouting, I don't care. It's up to you. But I hope you do go home to have revival. I hope you do go home to see somebody saved. I hope you do go home to set your church on fire. It's a Holy Ghost thing. Just like it was with Jesus when he met the Samaritan woman at the well. He didn't know all that about her because he was so smart in the flesh. That knowledge came from the Spirit. That knowledge came from the same source that lives on the inside of you tonight. Told him where to be and what to say and how to say. It's a Holy Ghost thing. It was a Holy Ghost thing for Jesus when he came into the city and met Zacchaeus under the tree. He wasn't, he wasn't just extremely smart in the flesh and knew where the tree was. But it was a Holy Ghost thing that said, stop right here, look up yonder. And his name is Zacchaeus. He got that information from the same source that lives on the inside of you. It's a Holy Ghost thing. It was a Holy Ghost thing for Peter and John when they came to Gate Beautiful. And when he was arrested in the spirit, as we heard preach last night, and looked down on that man, it was a Holy Ghost thing that told him what to say to that beggar at Gate Beautiful. It wasn't just because he was Peter and he was a special buddy of Jesus Christ. It was a Holy Ghost thing. It was the spirit on the inside of him supplying him with the words and the wisdom and the understanding of what to say at that particular moment. It was a Holy Ghost thing that put Philip out there in the desert to talk to the Ethiopian man. It was a Holy Ghost thing that said, Ananias, I want you to go to this street and you're going to find a man there by this name and this is what I want you to do and this is what I want you to say. I said, it's a Holy Ghost thing. You want revival? It's a Holy Ghost thing. You want to reach your city? It's a Holy Ghost thing. You want your church set on fire? It's a Holy Ghost thing. You want people baptized? It's a Holy Ghost thing. You want to see people by numbers receive the Holy Ghost baptism? It's a Holy Ghost thing. It's a Holy Ghost thing. It was a Holy Ghost thing when Peter was awakened and Peter was given a trance and direction to go to Cornelius' house and preach this gospel. It was a Holy Ghost thing that caused Saul to take the gospel to the entire Gentile world. It was a Holy Ghost thing that opened the door for, for the Gentiles in the 
the 10th chapter of the book of Acts it was a Holy Ghost thing when Paul found Lydia in a prayer meeting by the side of the river it was a Holy Ghost thing when, when, when he found himself in prison in the Philippian jailer it was a Holy Ghost thing when he encountered Aquila and Priscilla it was a Holy Ghost thing when Aquila and Priscilla found Apollos it was a Holy Ghost thing I'm telling you that's how we'll fulfill the Great Commission that's how you build your church brother amen put your handbooks away for a little while put your gimmicks away for a little while put your man-made ideas away for a little while and let's let the Holy Ghost let's learn to let the Holy Ghost flow out of us let's learn to let the Holy Ghost anoint us let's learn to let the Holy Ghost direct our steps put thoughts in our minds lead us I said we can't have, we can't have, we can't have, we can't have apostolic revival. Because, 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 I've got the Holy Ghost. Clap your hands and praise Him again. There is a spiritual resistance. And I hope I'm not being too mystical, too mysterious, but I'm telling you I have wrestled the last several days a physical battle and a spiritual battle because the devil doesn't want somebody to get out of this place tonight believing and understanding what they have because they're Holy Ghost filled he wants to keep you where you're at doing what you're doing living like you're living he doesn't mind you shouting the aisles on Sunday night he doesn't mind you rejoicing at PSR convention but he's very concerned tonight that some young man or some young lady or some mother or some father or some grandpa or grandma is going to go marching out of this place tonight. I've got the Holy Ghost down in my soul just like the Bible said. I can lay my hands on the sick and they can recover. I can walk into the hospital room and they'll be healed. I can witness under the anointing of the Holy Ghost and they're going to hear what I've got to say. I'm going to turn my city upside down for the cause of Jesus. I'm telling you, the devil's fighting us right now because he doesn't want anybody to walk out of this building believing about the Holy Ghost, what you really need to believe. Go ahead and stand. I need to quit. Come on, stand. Let's praise God. Everybody in this house, stand. Let's give praise to the Lord. I got the Holy Ghost. I got the Holy Ghost. I got the Holy Ghost. I've got the Holy Ghost. I've got the Holy Ghost. I've got the Holy Ghost. Yes. 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 Because I have the Holy Ghost. Because I have the Holy Ghost. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Our enemies satisfied for us to preach our present theology. 
If I could just keep them there, that's why I didn't let you stop me a while ago. Because the devil doesn't care if that's as far as we go. As long as all we're preaching and talking about are the three points of our theology, and namely, mostly the first two. You got to have it, and it feels good. Defensive position feels good. The devil says, that's all right. Let those ladies shout until they can't stand up. That's all right. That's not going to hurt a thing. Let them throw back their chest and say, we got the message. We preach, you got to have it. It's all right. Let them go ahead and call themselves whatever they call themselves. But he said, I've got to do something that this be as our convention. Oh, somebody's going to walk out of there understanding that when they got the Holy Ghost, mm, that that God who made the worlds, that God who put the planets in their orbit, that God that sprinkled the heavens with the stars, that God that formed the world out of his hand, that God that breathed into the nostrils of man the breath of life, that almighty one who sits on the throne of thrones, that great God has chosen to make him, her, a tabernacle of his presence. If they ever figure that out, if they ever figure that out, I don't have enough demonic reinforcements to stop them. If they ever figure that out, they're going to do everything Jesus told them to do before he ascended on the cloud. If they ever figure it out. I wish somebody would just break loose tonight. I wish somebody would get tired of the traditional concept you've been living in. And I, I, I wish you'd start rejoicing in the light of revelation. Because something's rising up on the inside of you saying, I'll never be the same. I'm never ever going to walk. I'm never ever going to be what I've been before. I have the Holy Ghost. Brother Joel, it blow your mind. It would blow your mind if you could understand that much right now. And I think if you really let God touch you, He'll open your understanding a little wider here. If you'd understand just that much of how much God wants to use you and what could be done through your life, not because your daddy's a preacher, not because your mama's a praying woman, but because you have the Holy Ghost, son. I said because you have the Holy Ghost. There is no limit. There is no ceiling. Brother Dennis, <laughs> I know where you came from, and I know all that hell tried to do to keep you from being right here where you're at tonight, and I know all the odds that the enemy stacked against you, but I want you to know there's not anything that can stop you. I said there's nothing, nothing that can stop you from accomplishing everything God puts in your heart to do. 
when he drops it in your heart don't question whether you can do it don't question whether you can accomplish it he gave you the Holy Ghost to get that job done in the name of Jesus open his understanding God increase his faith my God I feel the power of God in this house the devil's in trouble in the next few moments I said the devil's in trouble <laughs> the bunch of Holy Ghost people about to realize what they have got 